like even in our waking life. That was interesting because I I didn't actually think of the like physical uh, music infrastructure in quite that way. But you're you're absolutely right about that. It is algorithmic in its fashion, but we don't think of it that way because it's it's tangible. Put your hands on it. There are people you can talk to. It doesn't feel like a equation, right? And I guess that kind of leads me into the next question, which I mean, I would kind of be more pointed at Jack in that, how do you tell people this stuff in a way that makes them want to be interested in it and want to get involved and want to put their work on the NIDA protocol? It really depends on the person. And actually like a big part of my job is um, figuring out the different kinds of demographics uh, and the different types of artists who are interested or who are not interested in this and how to approach them. You know, I found, uh, you know, maybe um, people there, you know, people who are more interested in being autonomous, uh, who are interested in not patronizing big platforms, patronizing like Amazon Web Service, you know, like, like, you know, basically trying to be as uh, autonomous and independent as possible. And that, those type of people, I definitely lean on the, the decentralization of it, of uh, both the, the storage uh, and, um, yeah. And then, you know, some people are, really into some people are more um i would say maybe people who make actual actually make a living off of their music more or less are would are definitely more interested in the economics of getting paid from their music so then of course i lean in to the we don't take a cut artist gets 100 percent of their profits um you know it really i kind of when i talk to people i definitely tailor tailor it to, to their individual proclivities because really what I mean our asset and our problem is that we are so broad in the in what we provide of sort of the new, a lot of new unprecedented features of the Nina protocol uh, it's it's a bit of a hard making an elevator pitch has been very difficult because there really isn't one unless the elevator ride is like 600 stories. <laughs> so, um, so, in the, you know, in the, where our office is in New York, it's not, it's not an impossibility, it's, you know, with the tall buildings and such. So we're kind of, you know, t- tailoring it to that. But like, I would say that it's, it really, I have had a lo- spent a lot of time trying to figure out how best to, how to know the people I'm, I'm, pitching it to basically i mean you know there's also people who like the financialization the speculative nature potential speculative nature of it which is not something that we uh lean into at all but it is possible to use i mean you know we are not interested in the speculative side the the quote-unquote like nft side of it uh in the in the sort of colloquial sense of the term or whatever but like but we still how we have it set up it still is that's possible you someone could do a one of one for you know five thousand usdc and someone could buy it i don't think there's an incentive for anyone to buy it because that's sort of like 
the market really isn't there in what we've set up, but if it, it could be, I don't know. I mean, what I'm, I'm curious say, if, so go ahead. I'll just say like speculating on the music industry is, is nothing new. People have been buying yes. multiple copies of stuff for as long. Well, as that's true. That's actually true. Yeah. That, that's, that has, there is, there is a, an element of that um, for certain, maybe like bigger artists who have used Nina. I think some of their, that, that's definitely more of a, a more of a thing with, with, with the bigger artists and like them selling out because people are sort of like betting on like in, in 10 years, like, Oh, or, you know, big, big artists, or even like early Nina releases, like, Oh, this was the fifth thing published through Nina. Like it's going to be worth a lot of money. I mean, I like to imagine a future in which like you can actually kind of replicate the idea of like crate digging with, um, with like, yeah, 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 totally. So oh, like, man. I mean, finding we, an album, like a, a super sick, like spiritual jazz album from like yeah. 60s, super rare. And it was probably just given out to friends like back in the day and like no one listened to it. All of a sudden yeah. it's having a resurgence. Like, I wonder, I just wonder what the idea of like digging through the blockchain to find something like this will look like. Well, we've even, that's, that's something that we've thought about. And so the, to kind of maybe add to the sort of, the 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 the, fee, the perks the features of Nina uh, you know the other one is the the resale percentage in the secondhand markets for every release and with hubs to not get to uh, we haven't really even talked about that yet but you know on if if an artist makes a hub they can set uh, or if a fan or if a curator or whatever makes a hub they can set a uh, the percentage that they get from a sale of someone else's track on their hub in addition to what the artist gets. So basically they can get rewarded by digging and, and surfacing cool music that, you know, people find through their, through that person's hub. So, you know, you say, say it's, you know, some, somewhere in the near future, there's a big enough ecosystem where there's just tons and tons and tons of music that, you know, is you, would have to really search to find some crazy stuff on, you know, on, through Nina and somebody finds some random Eastern European kid in his parents' basement or whatever, you know, who makes some insane tracks that are not selling because nobody really has, he doesn't have a following, but say you're a curator with a big following and you say, okay, you know what? I'm going to repost this kid's tracks through my hub and I'm going to get a 5% finder's fee on top of what that kid gets paid from people buying it through my hub that can that in that way you can be rewarded for surfacing cool stuff and so i think that's like a already giving an incentive to like for people to like create dig basically you know i mean there is something that talking about finances around music in this kind of context like reveals which is like money exists in kind of all parts of music, even like the most um, aggressively anti-capitalist musicians or something like if you're able to know about someone's music and it's able to get passed around, there's something happening somewhere. Um, And I think part of the painfulness of some of this stuff is making explicit the fact that like artists get paid for music or like 
that they're, and I think that some artists are sometimes um, don't know how to kind of price or addition size their music on Nina because it does this painful little thing of like forcing them to think about that like so directly. Um, when I think a lot of what kind of happens is that in the kind of like music industry now is that musicians are protected from that pain of the direct numbers of the finances around their work because there's platforms and teams and all these people making sure to protect them. But that protection is the artist pays for that, whether they realize it um, or not. So there's going to be this kind of like awkward growing pains type period, which is probably familiar to people who have run their own labels, um, you know, because there is like the budget of production and, you know, getting records pressed or tapes made, like you were saying earlier. Um, and so I think like the kind of people that Nina most quickly resonates with are people who are, you know, more familiar with kind of self-publishing, self-releasing, um, operating independent labels.